That was Hello. so ridiculous. Welcome to episode 33 already of Lawfully Chaotic. What do you guys think of the new intro? That was so cool. That was amazing. Yeah, thank you. So thank you. Cool. Yeah, I spent a little bit of time in Premiere today. I can't imagine why. That was our surprise. That was, that was your surprise. That, that was, was your surprise. Awesome. Yeah. That was everyone's uh, surprise. <laughs> Thank for the. There's oh, probably no one that saw it but us. But that's okay. <laughs> it will. It'll eventually become the theme. Um, welcome um, to Lawfully Chaotic. Thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, are my awesome co-hosts. Oh, sweet. That is. Uh, is that Jordan or Andrew? And Vince. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Um, we have a new member of the chat. That is Rocket House Games. Um, I'm going to talk about that in once in one second. But uh, as always, are my awesome co-hosts Sharon, the fabulous Barry Bot, and Jason Baldrick of TTRPG Academy. Welcome, uh, Jordan. Thank you. It is Jordan. Thank you for joining, brother. Um, and Vince, thank you for joining. Um, how are you guys doing? Uh, it's been we had a, I feel like I haven't seen you in, in ages. We took a week off and it seems like a year. Yeah. Sure um, hey, Fatal, like what's up? Uh, how are you guys doing? Sharon, what's going on? Announcements. Hey, uh, nothing really other than that really cool week screen was <laughs> awesome. Oh, I'm in love with it. So cool. I think really I might quit my job fire. as a designer and become a designer. A designer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> Oh, it's Plot twist. twist. All right. I'm going to multi. Twist. I'm a fighter that's going to multi class as a fighter. I, you don't need to multi class anymore because you're automatically an expert now. At level one, you're an expert. Didn't you read? You're born to be. Document. Oh, my God. That, that they dropped? You're an expert automatically. That reminds in me. That you do. Have you. There was a video. Oh, my God. What was it called? Uh. Summoner Geeks. Have you ever seen that video? I'm going to find it for next episode. How dare you. Um, <laughs> I was doing fine, but then started <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. Um, Jace, what about you? Any announcements? I was doing fine. You know what, Fatal? Disadvantage all day on Saturday. <laughs> Just so you know. Uh, pretty good. Um, I think sleep deprivation makes me twitch... Twitchy. How many no games you running now a week? Seventy. No, uh, well, uh, ten. I'm running ten. nine pay to play, uh, one private. Uh, I had one in the pipe uh, for my tenth pay to play, but I just wasn't getting enough hits to. And I think it's just a bad time slot. Um, yeah. Three to six is a rough one, even for Central and East Coast. And with all the prime time slots kind of filled up, I've just kind of. You know what? I'm pretty happy with my Thursdays and Friday schedule now. So um, we are trying to put together another live game in the studio for Tuesdays. Um, And then Debtor's Gambit will be coming back in November. So um, I'm working on... uh, Oh, that's uh, the one I'm in. Yeah, that's the one that I'm trying to... (laughs) That's news for you. Remember, you guys are in the Feywild now uh, looking for... I do remember uh, that. Looking for uh, an orc's mother, not mother, who's left his father, not father. Um, And evidently has left him for... Or left them for Strahd, as we're going to do as the world turns in in the Shadowfell. But uh, yeah, I'm just trying to shift some schedules for the weekends. And then hopefully, you know, by... I don't know, maybe... 
mid-November, we'll be playing Debtor's Gambit awesome. again up until summer. I kind of like the Debtor's Gambit theme as a kind of fun mm -hmm. fall through spring, and then everyone just takes the summer off to do whatever they want, and then bring it back again. Um, I like yeah. that group. Uh, it's a fun I'm, group. I'm not... I mean, yeah, it's tough to D&D &D in the summer. Especially in Chicago when you have like four months of good weather and you want to really... My pay-to-play tables did really well this summer, so I was a little yeah. surprised, but... Well, out uh, there, right. I mean, you guys are spoiled with, with weather, so you can play year-round. Out here in the summer, it's like, I gotta get the fuck outside. Yeah, this is true. It's fall, and it's 100 degrees over here. It's supposed to be sweater weather yeah, in California. It is in Chicago. We had a couple... Uh, couple nice uh nice days uh andrew thanks for joining um tis the season now and shit yeah how yeah, many subs um, for so for Jim oh, to go back to warlock right <laughs> all the subs all the so subs i got uh, i have something to share so that yeah, bachelor how party was, yeah how was the bachelor party it well first of all it was this last saturday not two Saturdays ago because like a dum-dum I actually had it wrong in the calendar and uh, Andrew my my new um, best bud Andrew uh, who is in chat thanks Andrew um, reminded me he like frantically texted me he's like dude uh, it's not tomorrow it's next I'm like oh fuck <laughs> so, but uh, but anyway um, it was fantastic I had such a fucking good time so so Jordan, who is Rocket House Games in the chat there, it was it was his bachelor party. So once again, Jordan, congratulations. Oh, wow, Andrew, awesome. his brother, uh, set up the whole thing at Jordan's place and did the most amazing job of decorating. Um, oh. like, a, like a whole just like D&D kind of theme. It was just freaking fantastic. <laughs> How fun! Um, <laughs> <laughs> dude vince so okay so i should have got a picture from andrew it but, so after vince after we were talking about that on last week's or two weeks ago show about the strippers and then gary brought it up and you brought it up uh he showed me the cake that he got later that night yeah he's got photos um, and it is a cake with a picture of an orc stripper on a pole. No joke. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. But that I mean, cool. I so I slept like a hundred pounds of crap, <laughs> like all my dwarven forge terrain, my my wooden dogmite DM screen. I mean, it was it was insane. Ooh. But it it was eight guys, three of whom uh, played before. Uh, one who had played like one time and then all newbies. And Andrew also did the most amazing job of creating all eight characters for them and writing up Aww. the sheets. And I, I have never seen such fantastic like color commentary on a character sheet. Like the wizard was based on Harry Potter. So all of the spells were real spells, but they were like sectum sect Sectum Sempra, Alohomora, stuff like that. Uh, there oh, was nice. a Batman character who was a monk, but everything was like bring the darkness <laughs> and and that sh it was. I mean, it was fucking. Yes. It was just off the rails. <laughs> awesome. Um, so it went. Uh, you are you are most welcome, my friend. It was fantastic. It sounds um, amazing. So yeah, it went really well. And before I forget, Plant so man. Jordan has this awesome game called Crazy Cultists. This is a game that he designed nice. um, and produces. And it is, and he gave me a copy 
Uh, oh yeah, plant, <laughs> plant man. So <laughs> Andrew's character. Is that the druid? <laughs> yes. However, he was not a druid that wild shapes into a plant. He was actually a house plant that was able to wild shape into a human. <laughs> so they carry so, him around as a house plant. It so was, basically, it was, fern was fern. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, it was so much fucking fun. But anyway, um, this this game. Uh, so I'm you as you know. I'm also a board game guy, and and I love uh, like kind of pocket travel, easy to play games. So yeah. this is a really awesome game that Jordan gave me. That uh, you have to basically like. Um, uh, you have a little pentagram board. And then there's cards, and you have to collect candles and complete the ritual to summon a demon. And the first one to do that wins. That's the Ooh, that's the most basic and, description of it. And we're but, certain that the, if you summon a demon, you win. We're certain about that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's an act. It's a real demon. But anyway, this Curse is this life. is like that's a. The win. <laughs> <laughs> but this is such a fun little like quick game night type game. So yeah. I I so here cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm going to do this. So oh, check a- it out. Uh, I'm going to put the link uh, in the chat. And uh, you should buy this. That's <laughs> awesome. Because it is, it's an awesome little game. It really is. And, and Jordan also did all the art himself. It's really, it's really freaking cool. Um, Ages 10 plus. Wow. Mom, mom yeah, definitely satanic panic. But who fucking cares? Because it is cool as shit. Um so check that out. Uh, I'm going to put the link in the chat. Wait, and, wait, what, um, if your, what if your family is the demon? <laughs> then you can you can uh, you can uh, banish them if you oh, and you banish shit. the demon. Come here, come on, let's play. Let's go. Come on. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is. Uh, it is just. It's hilarious. The, the copy, I, I would advise, if you like fun, like, game night, quick, easy games, I would yeah. I would advise getting it. It's really awesome. That's I love awesome. Pocket So, yeah, the, the party I've got, just I've got, was... like, two whole shelves dedicated to Pocket Games. I think they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, you are most welcome, buddy. It was it was freaking awesome. I mean, I, I, had a, I had a blast. I haven't laughed that hard during a D&D game in a long freaking time, so... What was one um, of the, the best uh, highlights from yeah. the game? Dish. Did anybody get hit with a, a fireball? No, I, I don't think anybody used no, no, a couple of the highlights. Airborne. I don't think I can really share. Did anybody? <laughs> I was going to say, did anybody cast HPV? <laughs> <laughs> well, you went there, but <laughs> <All right. laughs> I mean, there were so many. The house plant like, jumping around in like, its great. pot and people carrying the house plant it's already around. off the rails. Um, was a highlight. Oh, uh, the artificer, um, the artificer, uh, had like these charges. So he also provided everybody with magic items, um, on their, on their sheets. (laughs) Zombie stuck in the window. So (laughs) there was a warlock who was trying to climb in the window of this, uh, of this tavern and got halfway through failed the dex check so he got stuck like in the window like you know with his legs flailing oh, out the no. back and whatnot um and then there was uh, the artificer had a bag full of these charges and literally blew the floor out of this tavern to get down to the lower level and decimated like <laughs> three enemies down below it was actually really 
fucking creative. That's the yeah, kind I was of like, creativity that keeps us okay. going. Yeah. So it was it was just a lot of fun. So <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna shut up now and um you guys share my new toy first. Guess see my new toy. Holy cow. Oh, my new you toy. You bought it? <gasps> yes, I did. If you tell me that you got that at a game shop for like 90 bucks, I'm going to drive out oh, there. Oh, God, I wish. It's out of print. It's a collector's <laughs> item now. What? Wow. Yeah, that thing's like print. 350 bucks, isn't it? Yeah. They don't, so they now don't it's make probably worth seven. That's amazing. Now, this, the shop is going to be really happy with me because I'm buying their Afridi and their old school, uh, um, uh, like the old school Afridi. It is TM. Yeah, um, uh, from the Dungeon Masters Guide, um, the, the big freestanding one that they have, and then I'm also going to get the Githyanki that they have there too, mm-hmm. because I always wait I for have... them to go out of print before I decide to buy them. Because once they're I out of even print, seen these. Oh yeah, these are whiskey. They're most well, yeah, but I think they're mostly um, sold to shops originally as a way to you know, hey, your order reached ten thousand dollars this oh, month. Here yeah, you go. Okay. You know, put this on your shelf. Oh wow! So those are going to be worth something. Maybe we'll see. I I just love it because it looks gorgeous. It's just so pretty. Yeah, and it's going to be it's going to be in one of my campaigns. So that's very cool. Oh no! <laughs> I do that too. I sometimes I I will I will create an entire encounter or sometimes story arc or even a campaign around like a mini. Tiamat is really a even- mini. Yeah, that's not no. a mini. Like, no, if you have a mini next right to about. her, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I want to use? Uh, so in in one of the uh, Kickstarter games that I backed, the board games, Death uh, mm. Cthulhu, Death May Die by Simon Games. Yeah, there was. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there is a two and a half foot tall Cthulhu uh, mini that was like one of the Kickstarter exclusives that I bought. And yeah, I have, I have the like, little one. What does yeah, the normal this thing is literally? I haven't painted it yet because I'm afraid to to paint it. But it's like it's <laughs> yeah. two and a half feet tall. I'm like, I gotta I gotta create a campaign around this mini just so I can use this. Here's the, the you got a toddler version. Cthulhu. Oh, That's oh awesome. my gosh! That's, That's awesome. The micro one. <laughs> yeah, I should have I should have brought <laughs> the Cthulhu cow. up here, but. Uh, anyway, so okay, so uh, Sharon, what are we uh, what are we talking about tonight? Hey guys, thank you all for joining us for another night of lawfully chaotic. Today we're going to be talking about what's hot on the press: D and D one, Unearth Arcana. We have new updates for the uh, classes for Rogue, mm. Bard, and Ranger. Oh. I don't know if you all have taken a look at the new docket of information for expert classes. So we're going to be diving into that tonight. And chat, feel free to throw in comments and concerns or questions for the new update. I, I heard a, a grunt from Jason. <laughs> <laughs> is, it a... pos- is it possible that we may actually swap uh, opinions tonight? Oh, you are you telling me you like this garbage? Whoa, whoa, shots fired, Jason. Uh, I could that's what I'm telling you. This is I could literally so th- so I had this cool meme in mind, and if I had I, I want to build this meme and let uh Barry Bot express it because I feel like they'd be less likely to bash her because you know she's Barry Bot. Um, yeah. the meme was you know this really bored corporate hack. And wearing a WOTC shirt, you know, and it was going to be, 
hey, you know, really shitty the way that Spelljammer thing turned out, right? And then the other side would be this, like, you know, kind of like sellout shill, you know, with the shirt that says shill. Yeah, but don't worry, we just bought D&D Beyond, you know, we got all that data. And the Watsi's all, oh, yeah, let's kit bash it and call it something else. You mean, let's call it uh, playtest material? No, let's call it 1D&D. Great, I'll get on that right away. <laughs> uh, I literally can find paraphrases in here from the homebrew cookery. All they did was just take out of the homebrew cookery and they mashed it about. So D- so for those of you not familiar with D&D, with 1D&D yet, it is basically a, it is, it is not a new version of the D&D rules. It is not built, yet. not yet. It is built, it is built upon the 5e rules. It's basically takes a lot of homebrew stuff um, that's been going on over the years and just amending rules and stuff like that. Um, so that is funny, Jace, because because when the first one came out, I think you had a little bit more optimistic view, and I yeah. kind of bashed it. Um, and, I was uh, optimistic that yeah, they were actually going to... I guess I was optimistic they were going to focus and like deliver it in such a way that was going to make sense. The first half of the material mm. and the second half of the material just don't make any sense. So and it's this like, one? All, yeah, like if you compare the two, they don't really do much for me because it's like I'm already homebrewing all this stuff. So I'm definitely jaded from the from the standpoint that when I look at this, this is detail I was considering five years ago. So this is for a crowd. This is for a very specific crowd that it's going to make sense for. You know, I was being a little on the devil's advocate side because I like to be. Um <laughs> But this feels very much. (laughs) (laughs) That was summer, Jason. Winter is coming. See, this is what we need that cool creativity for you to like play the video of like, you know, Jon Snow walking through the gates into, you know. (laughs) So, for those of you that don't know, uh, this second iteration uh, involves new magic spells and items. Uh, it also has like a skill t- skill tree style for each of the rogue, bard, and ranger classes. There will be 12 base uh, classes and an additional 48 subclasses for those three, uh, which involve uh, experts and warriors, to name a few. And uh, actually, out of the first phase of 1D&D, over 40,000 people uh, have contributed to uh, the surveys and for condensing the content. So I which thought that was really I, interesting. Which I think is one reason why they backpedaled on that, on that <laughs> yeah. critical hit shit. It's yeah, funny. So, I got halfway through that survey and then I woke up the next day. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> skill trees are That I do like. Yeah. That I do like. I do like what the, the creativity of the skill well, trees. Okay, like and to your point, doing. I mean, you you are familiar, I think, with my skill tree homebrew <laughs> critical yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. hey you're a caster you you no longer yeah pretty much I don't think it was because... so much to keep i don't think it was so much to keep marshals up with casters i think it was to avoid a critical on someone using like a divine smite or a sneak attack assassinate and doing 80 or 90 points of damage with one fucking attack. Well, bear knowing what you know about Mira, if you look at the way Mira is now and you start looking at the idea of the way they're obviously making magic a little bit simpler. 
I, I guess more accessible. Yeah. And, and I think what was really interesting is when I was all on board with the idea of, of a simple school of magic resolution to a certain degree, like the, the, the holistic idea, but yet they still released a very bloated spell list. So that felt a little kind of yeah. uh, weird to me. It's like, why don't you just really just feed us spoonfuls of stuff we can test. And when I looked at that bloated spell list, I was like, uh, um, yeah. No. What do you mean? Why do you say bloated spell list? It's the spell it, list, but it is condensed into three simpler groups. Yes. So <clears throat> I apologize. So it's a primal arcane and divine spell list uh, for all three of those classes. Right. And uh, ritual casting will become available to every class as long as they're able to learn the spell. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that they did say, again, to make it more accessible um, to less experienced players, is that there's going to be suggested spell prep lists for every mm -hmm. caster class for every level. Which mm -hmm. I, I, you know... I personally wouldn't use, but I think that is really great for people struggling, you know, because all non-experienced players struggle with what spells to take. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I go ahead. Yeah, no. And that's actually really good because I'm kind of a new player. So this would have definitely helped me create my druid, but I went ahead and did the min-max route. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Heck no, I love it. I love <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, love, I fall in love with Mara. I think she's a great uh, PC. I think she's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, but I, now it, but now I totally get why people say that like druids are kind of OP. They're they're they're, they're really awesome. <laughs> what what level are you? Fourteen. Okay, so yeah, you're you are realizing how OP they are. Almost to godly. It is it is literally see, we always end up we end up bashing on druids. Well, I do. <laughs> it is literally a class that can do anything, which is ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I th I, I think D and D one is trying to fix nothing. I think what they're doing is they're recognizing a broader audience of spectator, mm -hmm. and they're focusing their marketing money on that broader audience because it's got the better value of return. There's absolutely I, no value of return yeah. in my demographic or in Brian's demographic. I will, it has all the expansion in the world for value of return with Sharon's demographic because if you're net new or you're really looking to create net new um, uh, storytellers, then this is what you build. You build mm -hmm. a very kind of detailed hand walk you through your process, um, you know, give you all the choices up front and organize the character for you. And then you just pick what character you want to go with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that's who it was Saturday for. night. It would have been, yeah, I, so it's funny because my, <laughs> from, you know, from the very second that they released that video renouncing one D and D I said that I was both very excited and very scared my excitement to fear ratio is actually leveling out based on the hey. iteration. So I think it's funny that you and I have kind of swapped opinions, but, well, but I you actually, know I do that sometimes. Like I, like I was I super, I was super triggered by the bard table. 
because it reminded yeah. me how much I hated second edition. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what are your guys's pros and cons from this new update? Jason, we'll go with you first. Because so I'll give the main con and then I'll talk about a pro. The main mm -hmm. con I have with it, you don't get to call reversal an update. This is not an update to an advanced system that you already have. This is a rollback. This is looking at fifth edition and saying, okay, let's take out the last bits of the convoluted sectors. Let's trim down a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, the, the fluff and trim down a lot of the choices and let's make it easier for everyone to build a game together. Yeah. It's so more to me that, to me, that's not, you don't get to call that an update. What you've done is you've built a new mini system within a pre-existing system. Maybe that's kind of their plan. I don't know because the play testing seems kind of very vanilla to me. I would say the pro, my main pro that I have for it is that holistically, if this is all bundled together in the way that I think they're trying to go for, it will help newer players and newer DMs become creative faster and therefore walk away from the Watsi library and enjoy that 30, you know, that 300,000, you know, creator space that's out there for D&D and really expand their horizons. Because if you're not trapped in the minutia of the core, then you learn quicker, you adapt quicker, you build games more efficiently and more immersive. And then you're like, great. Now I got to start looking for stuff that I want to make wholly unique to my game. I could step out into the huge creator community and still have access to that good stuff. And I've learned what I need to learn from the core. So I have a, you know, um, yeah, I like to play a little devil's advocate. I mean, I don't like the, and I guess some of the minutia of what I don't like, don't tell me what the DC is for the hide action. That's just, once again, don't tell me your mechanics when your mechanics are already free form. You know, mm -hmm. don't tell me the DC is 15 automatically. That's bullshit. You know, they bake that into this, you know, this second, you know, release. I'm like, okay, that's obviously to help a newer DM. And I get that. But I don't even think a newer DM needs that. I think a, even a, most newer DMs are going to look at the core DC system and still make sure it's very relevant to their game design. And they'll be fine. But it's, it's just little, and the heroic action that is a blatant theft from the homebrew community. It's a blatant theft. They would have never have thought of that on their own. You know, so it's just the little things that I'm just like, okay, you clearly took it from here. I know where you got that mm -hmm. from. I know where you got that from. Oh, and by the way, your entire plot is, you know, is not an advanced edition. You're just taking all of your beginner box sets and you're going like that. And then yeah. you're saying, here's the rules for it. Yeah. They're just condensing it more or less. Um, but you Brian? think, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Barry. You're so much better I think than that us. everything you have just said is stupid and wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, to I'm totally kidding. Um, I don't disagree with you that <laughs> this is like... I don't know if, if I would call it rollbacks, but it to me, the word update, it's semantics. If they want to call it an update, so be it. I don't have a problem with that. Hmm. What I see happening is um, 
you know, a lot of times when you develop a system, and it doesn't have to be a game system, it could be any type of system, and that evolves over time, what happens is little pieces of it evolve at different rates uh, of other pieces. And then when you have crossover uh, of some mechanics, you know, you have... Uh, you find unbalancing happening and whatnot. And I think that's kind of what happened over the years with D&D is, you know, there are, um, you know, there are aspects of the game that kind of went a little this way and became more convoluted and other aspects that went this way and became more convoluted. So what I see is this just basically cleaning up and condensing all of that shit that's out there, whether it be from second edition or three or four or homebrew or whatever. Um, so believe it or not, my, like I said, my opinion is kind of changing a little bit. Mm. I actually see it as a good thing. Now, as an advanced player, you're right. I don't want to be told what a DC is, but to me, that is a very easy thing to say, well, I'm just not going to use that, you know, and right. it's, it's sure. spur of the moment. When you change the crit rules, that's a major mechanic change that I yeah. had a problem with, and they changed yeah. it back or yeah. somewhat. Okay, <laughs> um, and just to be just to be just to go off on a little detailed tangent, I do, I do not disagree with the fact that the crit damage mechanics should be amended. Whether that is crits don't double the damage, and now they give you inspiration, or um, you know, whatever that may be, what I had a problem with is taking away the critical ability, the critical hit ability from anybody not using a weapon. But anyway, that's that's just a detail. But yeah. what what I would like to see is what they are doing in this kind of wrapping all this up and cleaning it up is to not forget the demographic that you and I are in, Jace. And make it still possible to homebrew on top of that. Like, I don't want to see them uh, engineer these rules so tightly that you can no longer homebrew. And I don't think that's their goal. But I would love to see, you know, if they're really going to do this, I would love to see, like, here are three ways to do X, okay? If it's a critical hit, here's a more advanced, complicated way that might add a little bit of fun. Here is, you know, uh, uh, the normal way, and here is a really simple beginner way. That would be an interesting take on a lot of this stuff. You know, same thing with the skill tree, okay? Um, and by the way, what they did, and here's where I will complain a little, what they did to me is not a skill tree. It's just right. saying you're a little bit better in some of these skills. A skill tree is what I did in my homebrew, right, which is you pick every one, yeah, every one of those skills, and then there's four, five, six sub-skills, and you could become a super expert at one really. And I can see um, where they're a little nervous about going down that pathway because they kind of did a lot of that in fourth edition and kind of got blasted about trying to compete with MMOs and the whole you know, skill tree genre. Okay, but, but again, Baron, do, it, do that as here's the advanced rules. And right. here's the normal the rules. Simple. The simple. Well, yeah. Once again, that's the purpose of basic and first edition and then second AD&D, &D, right? I don't mind the the churning 
for the purpose of the output of something that's going to feel like there's an improvement upon things, right? Bear, if you reading what you saw so far, and I know none of us have all the time in the world to read, <laughs> but do you have a character in mind based on the first and second release? Yeah, I was gonna. I was. That's fine. I was just gonna ask you what is. I have no interest in player characters from a from a creative standpoint. I'll never build a character beyond you know narrative player character. Mm-hmm. So with with Cher being a much more prolific newer player, although I mean we've played so long together now, I'd hardly call her a newer player anymore. She's um, she's really become a very proficient player, and I would ask anyone out there if you have an open game. You should reach out to her because she's good. She's really good. But seeing what you've <laughs> yeah. seen so far, Cher, what would you run? What would you think that you would play? Mm-hmm. And, what, and what is your opinion of all this yeah. stuff? I mean, I haven't played D&D as long as you guys have had. So I'm literally learning as I'm going. I think it is good that they're communicating with the community community to kind of improve and build upon it and just condense it more. Um, I do think the crit hits are kind of silly um, that I think they should retract. Um, But uh, to jump to Jason's question, the class that I was thinking of making (laughs) I mean, it's kind of difficult. I think it's technically multi-classing but I was thinking of making a bard necromancer that is able to like raise the dead with their violin. That's very cool. Yeah. So I was thinking of playing that. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't, once again, do the new rules matter in that creativity fashion? I mean, it's like uh, uh, Sharon knows it's sitting at the table with, with the groups that I run. My first question usually is, okay, what do you want to build? It's not what you want to be or what you want to make. It's just, what do you want to build? You know, we talk about it, you know? So it's like, so I know that the content of anything is always going to cater to a specific crowd for the purposes of, you know, if you're in the business of selling something as multicultural as D&D is, I can only imagine what those meetings must be like. I mean, the fact that they made such a horrific mistake with Spelljammer anything they do from this point on is going to be a real challenge for them because they are under the microscope now. Pretty maybe much. that was, maybe that was on purpose and that they did that with Spelljammer. Cause now they're like, well, we can only go up from here. <laughs> well, I'm mostly, re- first. <laughs> you know, and I'm, and I'm mostly referring to the fact they made a huge deal a year ago about their cultural sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And then they released Spelljammer with that huge edit problem that should have been blatant and obvious. Even I Which was one is that? The, the, one of the character races. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now because it's already wiped from my memory, but there was a... Like chat. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a character race they, they let slip through there that was not appropriate for modern times. Really? Um, yeah, so, you know, it's almost like saying, look, you don't get to release a book called Asian Adventures because you're trying to make up for that horrible book you released back in the 80s and the 90s. I don't care who you are. You release a book called Oriental Adventures. There's something wrong with your staff. There's something wrong. with Even back then, we knew that was wrong. And they still got away with that crap, right? So 
I know for a fact that they have these concerns and these things that they've got to root out and they've got to get organized around. But they're I still have that book, by the way. You know, their game lately, you know, they're that's a real book. It is. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, horrific. I, it. I thought you were seeing that as like conjecture. Oh no, no, no it was no. real. That makes it, was it real. so much worse. Yeah, Sharon, know, the eighties were then, great. That's when that's when racism was wholesome. Yeah, <laughs> if you say so. I cringed when that book came out, oh, no. and I never used it. I was like. Yeah. Are you kidding me? This is this is the pinnacle of creativity, right? So, did I, you know, buy I, it? Uh, no, I never bought that book ever. I did not buy the never. copy I have. It was given to me, by the way. Yeah, I never bought it. No. Yeah. Oh no. There were so so. I mean, so to their to their um, consternation, you know, we haven't seen any kind of um, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, they haven't seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, when did, fifth edition, when, did, when, did, when did fifth edition come out? I can't even, like, 2014? So eight years ago, yeah. So eight years I ago. 2014. The one thing you could say about fifth edition is an eight-year run is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I get the fact that now they're probably at the top of the bell curve for mm-hmm. sales. It's like, okay. Because if you notice, their main releases for the last five years have been box sets. You know, they... Yeah. The constant issuing of box sets, you know, um, their combination of this, their digital marketing campaign, they're wanting to compete with the VTT world because remote is here to stay. It's never yeah. going to go away. It's endemic to the gaming culture, which let's be honest, it was endemic to the gaming culture when it came to console and PC gaming to begin with. Yeah. It just took a while for the tabletop yeah. community to finally kind of catch up to it. You know, you've got your trailblazers you know, like uh, Dimension 20, Critical Role, you know, uh, Drunks and Dragons and, you know, all these other ones that have been around for a long time who have been trying to share their game with the community. And, you know, I think what they've done here is a smart thing to do. I don't believe in nostalgia socks. I don't wear nostalgia socks because it's not interesting to me. I think this is... This is basically telling the dumpster fire community, we understand you're never going to love us. That's fine. These dollars are more important to us, and we want to we want to help them get into the game. And then once they're in the game, if they decide to look at the plethora of content that exists out there as a means to further their game, then fine. You know, it'll be available to them. Um, yeah. I'll- I'll be honest, I, f- I really feel like a lot of the content that they've released over the past couple of years is kind of shitty, to be honest. It's, I think it well, is filler, and it is... You know, it's meh. Yeah, what? and it is kind of like, hey, look what's going on with D&D. We can publish all of this shit, and half the books that I've bought over the past couple of years have never left my shelf. Um, I, I do think that... Again, I do not, as long as they do what they said they were going to do and not come out with another edition where basically Mm. all the 5e stuff goes to the wayside and you got to start buying all new shit. Um, As long as they avoid that, I actually think what they're doing is good. Like I said, it, it cleans it up. Now, I think if they were smart, they would, um, 
Well, so okay, so five e so, so yeah, so D and D one is not meant to replace five e. That's what they have said. Yeah. Okay. So this is all built on top of five e. So you don't have to forego five e. That is, I'm quoting them. Um. So what this does is it cleans up a lot of the rules. It it streamlines it. I think if they were smart, they would they would make these changes and build this system so that it, so that it can still be expanded upon. And I don't mean modules or you know here's another world. I mean, hey, here's six completely new classes that the game hasn't seen in forty years. You know. Mm. Um, Stuff like that, and and I and I still think that, you know, if if I'm still of the mindset where they're going to continue to sell this game, okay, unless this is this this segment is theirs to lose. All right, this fucking game has been around for 50 years, and its popularity is only going up. The way I see it, they can only fuck it up from here. All right. I still think the real moneymaker for them <clears throat> is what we've talked about and what you just mentioned, which is curating the community, which they have not done to date, getting the VTT up and all of that stuff. All of those we've talked about microtransactions. We've talked about gamifying the the community. Okay, gamifying the 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 uh, experience of playing the game that is where i think their money is and it's funny because friday night last friday night we played and we were using roll 20 and discord and dnd beyond and it worked rather well although uh roll 20 still is a fucking dumpster fire in my opinion but it was a perfect example right there give us don't continue shoveling books of of You know, mediocre content in front of me. Give me a fucking solution to the remote play, which in turn will then just continue to expand the community and bring in more people that are gonna, you know, that will buy the game. Everybody that plays the game is gonna buy shit anyway. Mm. So that's that's well, kind of the way. I, proof that's of point, kind of, right? Yeah, that's proof kind of the point, way I okay. see it. I don't see D and D one as we're gonna totally revamp this to get more people to buy the game. I mean, that's probably their thought process. That would not be my thought process. I, would, I think they're I just making it more approachable. Absolutely. Like, I, yeah. 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 I like how they're rolling it out because like the first phase was, oh, just building your character, getting to know your character. And then the second phase is getting into like the more uh, mechanical sort of aspect for at least the, the rogue, the bard and the ranger. Yeah, that's so, a good question, uh, uh, Jace, uh, Jordan. Um, I don't know if they haven't said if there's going to be any planned releases of, of books. To be honest, well, and I think Bear hits it right on the spot, and I missed that. She <clears throat> she summarized it in one sentence. They're making it more approachable. Absolutely, exactly yeah, abs what this is. I didn't even didn't even occur to me. Like, yeah. and once again, her demographic sees that. My demographic doesn't see it as being more approachable because I've already been approached. <laughs> so from yeah. that perspective, it's going to play to a much larger audience, uh, and that's you. You hit it on the spot, share that. that yeah. yeah, and and you and just summed up that whole thing that yeah. they're doing. 
And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's a good thing, but that should not be their impetus to let's double our game sales. If they want to keep the lights on, they better. There's (laughs) other channels to be able to do that. I'm not saying don't make the game better. Okay. Yeah, but Bri, we got to save up money for our pacemakers. You know, our demographic <laughs> is shrinking. We're not expanding. Oh, keepers. You know, it's true. That's our why demographic I'm... is shrinking. It really is. And, well, I, and I think Cher's demographic is ever expanding. And I think that's a hard, it's not a hard reality. It's just a factual reality. Well, the way I see it, doing what I do on a daily basis in my career, the way to do that and reach these new audiences is curate that that social community. Don't Don't give me six more books that i'm um, i'm never gonna fucking open fair your thought chair you had one going and it left <laughs> derailed. uh well no approachable um, I, you were saying approachable is, yeah no it's i think it's good the way they're approaching this to make it more easier for people to get into <laughs> you see being good that you want me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, that would be way more fun. Um, yeah, no, and I totally agree with you guys that they should get more involved with the community. I think it's such a wellspring of uh, innovation and just all around fun and improvements to the game, really. If they really are genuinely wanting to make this game more fun and engaging, they should reach out to the community for that. And to, to your point, Cher, the fact that they're releasing, you know, um, you know, a, a general release of playtest material. Yeah. It's a good start. It really it is, is a good start. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they're responding to the feedback is a really good start. But what's interesting is my world is analytics. My world is data. And when you produce data that tells me there's millions and millions of players and only 60,000 surveys, then when you go to look at that result of your 60,000 surveys, your very first focal point is going to be the demographic of age range. Because you don't have to give a birth date. You don't have to give your precise age. They're going to have a formula that's going to extrapolate through the question and answer process that's going to give them their understanding of an average age of those survey responses. And who do you um, think? And, who do you think is the bulk of that sixty thousand people? Um, the target range? No, I think the bulk of it is like me. Um, yeah, you and me. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it really. Those is are the because, people that took the time and cared, or you know, were. Well, no, that's not fair. I can't say it was me because I I literally got so bored filling out their survey, and I felt that their questions were so mundane. I just ended up going back to watching Amazon Prime, and I think I was. I think I was watching. It was, it was not the best survey. To be to no, be it, perfectly transparent, I got halfway through and I actually stopped. I didn't. Find I mean, it. really, I, did, I yeah. built surveys on SurveyMonkey and love because it was that, also that, they that, were asking like, "What is your this?" And this is before <gasps> this, this. I just was, thought of something, Barry. You know what we're gonna do when it drops? We are going to what? fill out this next survey live on the uh, on our on our on our show oh we that's are gonna, fantastic i think that's brilliant the three that's of us fantastic. are going to okay walk through the survey and we're all going to have chat answer it for us that i i brilliant. love that that hit you like a thunderbolt right it now did. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's just like what struck damn. me was the questions 
uh, and this is before today's, okay, that actually got into some character details. Mm. You know, the first one, it was just like basic, you yeah. know, here's how we're going to go out building a character and attributes and shit like that. And they were, and a lot of the questions were like, what is your experience building a rogue with these? And I'm like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? I, yeah, I like haven't built characters. Like none of the questions focused on the test, like on the material. Exactly. Like, to me, exactly. the survey, the survey should have been quite blatantly. What did you think about our choice in exactly you know, retract? You know, dealing. Which is why I'm like, I can't, I can't you know? answer half of these. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they were because it's not giving you, you an honest answer. Then, well, it's not even giving you an honest question. And to your point, Cher, it's like <laughs> it felt the survey felt like to me it was encapsulating their next effort for the next release. In other words, they were surveying for what they were going to organize for the next release. They're not surveying feedback. If you were surveying feedback, I could have wrote you a, you know, um, you know, a monkey survey that would have been a lot more efficient than what they wrote. And it would have mm -hmm. been a lot more responsive. Um, and also I highly recommend, I know you're not listening, but if you are listening, watch the produce a, Produce a survey that will email a copy back to the contributor. I guarantee you, you will have more participation. Why they mm -hmm. don't do that is beyond me because it's captured data. It's super yeah, easy to do. that's basic UX. You know, it's it's yeah. super simple. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I would say that doing their survey was very, very blah. Very un, unintelligible. Not precise to the idea of what they released. Um, it didn't really help generate the feedback I thought that would be necessary to give them feedback on. Um, and I just, I got halfway through it. And I'm like, if I have to answer another 20 questions like this, I may never touch this stuff ever again. This is, oh, this wow. is you know, it was, Here's you know, an interesting hard. question. Here's an interesting question. Mm. And this is directed at both of you because you are both, I think it's fair to say, on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of player versus DM. Jason, what you never. Are you saying? Are you calling me old again? Uh, I, I am. Hold on. <laughs> I can't hear you. My, no, you always say that you never play. There's a bird nesting in it. Give me one. Hey, and Sharon, you. Yeah, you're cuckoo. <laughs> so, seemingly, uh, and this question just popped, and I don't know that I have an answer, but it just popped into my head. Um, mm -hmm. Do you feel that one D and D is going to serve players more or DMs equally? Hmm. I feel like it's being directed more towards the player. I'd agree with that. I, I would say that, yeah. And there, yeah, and I think, I think there lies kind of where your pain points are, Jason, which is. Are they going to blunt the whole system even more from a DM standpoint? Right. Mm -hmm. and um, I, I, again, this I'm I'm just throwing this out there. Chat. What do you guys think about this? Yeah, love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I. It's a good question because the only thing that I think is the the core column of producing great games. Um. Yeah, there are already more players than DMs. Mm. See, Fatal, you are so spot on. The fact that their survey didn't disseminate between the different crowds is That's what a really good idea. Off. It was like, you know what? Ask me some DM survey questions because that would be 
amazing, you know, and, and to all these points that are popping up, my number one complaint about most of what they've done in the last three years is because they've done absolutely nothing to really create DM based like tool sets. I mean, their encounter system was a total failure. Um, there's no integration to all their source books at the minutia level other than what you create outside of their source books. Like I can build, um, yeah. yeah, you know, I can build an amazing integrated thing in my OneNote because it copies over the links for me and I can organize it all in such a way that the top 20 things I need to refer to are linked into my OneNote, but yet they don't even have a custom dashboard for me as a DM. Like, hey, See, you and know, that's kind of what I was talking about in terms of, you know, stop, stop trying to improve the game. You know, it's like the automobile industry. You know, a lot of times you have a uh, like an iconic car model, all right, and it's just it's great and people love it and it's selling well. And because the way the automobile industry works, you know, they come out with a model year change and they change a bunch of shit on it for the worst, just for the sake of changing it and calling it new. And I'm not saying that one D&D is going to be for the worst, but I'm saying there are so many other ways to improve the experience of D&D that will also serve to bring in new players and new DMs. And that, you know, to your that's kind of where I was getting at, to your point. There are a bunch of fundamental tools that are missing. I'd rather have that than... So to, the, to this <clears throat> great question about the DM expansion piece, I think that's at the very core, like they could have easily released a 40-page summary or, or supplement called the DC core system that would help break mm -hmm. down a lot of through via, you know, the, through example, uh, tertiary encounter samples, uh, tertiary narrative encamp encounters, right? Where they could give you a guide that should be promoting their most fundamental success. Their yeah. biggest success was the DC core system that changed the very way the game could be played the narrative experience, the flow, the continuity, the idea that you no longer were playing these 12 hour, like heavy, heavy sessions of combat encounters, you know, but they, they view success as a reason to not to do anything to it. Now, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but you should do a lot more to say, <clears throat> let's release this uh, addendum or compendium or uh, you, you and your DC system. How can we help? DC systems and monsters. What does it really mean? You know, it's like, it's hard to explain because I live in a world of where you train people and I focus on my core ethic, which is don't forget you trained them. You know, it's like when you sell me your stuff, don't forget you sold me the stuff so that the good stuff should still have your love, should still have your passion, you know, and, and give some more guidance, give some more thought, give some more idea. Like if they released a small 20 page book it said, let's talk about the difference between monsters and creatures. I would read that in a heartbeat because that's a fun read. It's an amazing mm -hmm. read. You yeah. know, or and so released, helpful. Right. If they released a 10-page book that said, Hey, you're rogue and you, what does that mean? You know, you're I don't rogue want, and you. I don't want a hundred page documentarian on a rogue. My druid and me. <laughs> like almost to the point of your microtransaction idea, Brian. 
how brilliant would it be that every time you come into your digital experience, there's a pop-up that says, hey, we thought we'd, you know, release this, you know, uh, this little 10 page thing about the school of evocation and, mm-hmm. and, and here are some helpful tips on how to use school of evocation. I mean, good God, you fill out a, you fill out a profile, a user, you know, a community profile and, you know, it's like, what are you interested in? Spellcasting, DMing, combat and, and crossbows, you know? Right. And I mean, there's just uh, it's, it's so <laughs> much. Because if you really go out to the, the creator community and I share, whenever you get a chance, go take a look at like, I'm not a huge fan of their metrics on, on their sales metrics, but the RPG Guild, if you really go look at what the creators have done in there from a standpoint of content, essentially that's what they've done, right? They create three, five, ten page synopses, right? Yeah, a wiki. Yeah. yeah, like a wiki of sorts. That's, you nice. know? That's, that's absolutely dead on. Like, you know, if I could like if I can jump onto my DNA Beyond, go to my customized dashboard that has mm-hmm. All of my integrated shortcuts for the <clears throat> 10 campaigns that I run, right? And then laced into that dashboard experience is, oh, wow, they just released this little two-page compendium on evocation. I'm going to add that to this campaign link because I know I've got a lot of arcing casters in a particular game. I could share that with them and we could have a discussion about that particular school of magic. You know, One of the biggest community asks was how can we make casting magic more fun? Like what can we do to help both at the player and the DM level to make casting more fun? Like, you know, of course there's material components, which can be fun, right? But, you know, you know, descriptions of spells, you know, what they physically look like. Like if they released an evocation five page guide on how to design the physical appearance of a spell related to evocation, that would be so much fun for me because that's super creative. It's super absorbing from the standpoint of the ecosystem that I'm in. And I can have a lot of fun with that, sharing that with other players and using that as a way to kind of make some things in the game a little bit more exciting. You yeah. know, but yeah, to me, those are the boat trips they keep missing. They keep watching those little canoe rides go by and they're just waiting for that giant, you know, cruise ship to slowly come in. Yeah, they're just the problems. Yeah, they're just yeah. really focusing on that one thing and they're not really noticing the other tire That's fires. Point, yeah. Yeah, you guys you guys basically said more eloquently what I was trying to say. I mean, I do I do think that this that, you know, Sharon, your point of the whole purpose of one D&D is to make it more approachable is is super on. valuable and I think yep. that is very important. But I kind of feel like they're doing this as a way to say, hey, pay attention to this and kind of forget about all the things that we're not doing that everybody actually really wants. Yeah, they're like sweet. I don't I don't the road, see the really. need. Yeah. I don't see the need for for this whole one D D thing, to be perfectly honest. Well, especially if you have a lot of confidence in your box sets. You have confidence in your box sets. They're kind of already doing what this is trying to do. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, box sets are fun. They're affordable. Um, I mean, I could show you how to play D&D for free just off of the free subscription for D&D Beyond with the SRD. And, you know, and you could literally go out to the free community and you could play for years before you actually ever truly need to buy anything, you know. We buy things because we find them interesting 
informative and we want to like make them part of our process. And it's mm-hmm. like this D and D one thing feels very disassociated from the emotion of why we get into the game. Yeah. And I think they need to figure out a way to get that back. And you know, you can't just call it playtest material and mm-hmm. say the emotional problem's been solved. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the real meat of this is is lacking. It's a pot pie without anything inside the crust, basically. Oh, I love crust. Yeah. It's so good. Warm. Sharon, let me ask crust. you this. Do you feel <laughs> given where you're at now, do you feel like the game needs to be made more approachable from a rules standpoint? I mean, I mean, for somebody that's never played D&D and it's their first or second time, of course, anything is going to seem daunting, okay? Yeah. But for somebody like you who is relatively new, and I know eventually we're going to have to stop using that <laughs> to describe <laughs> you, but in your experience so far, do you feel like, yeah, I really love what I've done in D&D so far, but I wish the rules were simpler or more uh, concise or or whatever? Or do you... How do you, I mean, what is your view on this whole D&D one uh, endeavor? I mean, honestly, I think, honestly, it's fine. I think it's more about, I, I get more of like the source material and the understanding of the game from the DM and from players in the game. Like we all kind of bounce off of each other and try to learn about the game as we go. Um. Like, honestly, I think it would make more sense to give more arsenal to the DM uh, when it comes to creating a story and building these environments and things like that. I, he, the DM is the source material, really, if you think about it. I mean, I I, honestly, I haven't even cracked open my player's handbook because I'm more (laughs) relying on my group. Because because D&D is a collaborative game to Mm -hmm. begin with. I mean, like, I don't have to go into my player's handbook because, you know, there are people who already know the core material for the game for me to know how to play it. That's a good question for you. Andrew, do you mean that you would that I would pull out and use or that I would throw? No, that that feels more like for Barry, because like if you're a player, what's one of the mechanics you'd pull out as a player versus a DM? Because that will really help us kind of understand the differences in the message that they're sending. Pull and use. Yeah. I don't know. Or is it pull? Or well, is no, it like, too premature? So, well, I don't know. It's like if you're creating a character and you're looking at all of the um, and you're looking at all the things you can do as an action or a bonus action or as a reaction. Or, you know, as, you know, the hide action is different now. You know, the blind sight's different now. There's so much that's different. Is there one particular one of those mechanics that would feel like, oh, yeah, that's great. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Like for characters, there's something that works better than in 5e. Uh, Calling her on the spot. I love it. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the thing. I Honestly, I don't read the material that much i'm more i'm really content with the the character that i'm playing right now i feel really comfortable for me to not want to look outside um other things but like i mentioned before i think the yes you are yeah how dare you (laughs) how 
dare you? Now I'm sweating. <laughs> okay, now is where I need the. Doo, 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 doo. Can you guys hear this, by the way? Because, like, the thing is, is that when I create a character, I I create the person, and I want to know the person before I even go into anything mechanically. Like, if there was something that was preventing me from not creating a character like the the bard necromancer that was you know inhibiting me not to do that then that's when i have a problem that's when i think like you know um that needs to be changed but i haven't come across that yet yeah um and i think see, that boils to me, down to, me, to uh i think that boils down to one important factor that they keep kind of leaving off the table and i don't know what it is i don't know if it's because it's too hard to vocalize or put into print but the way that the the narrative game has evolved the narrative game is just kind of like produced such a different type of playing yeah that almost everybody who's got who's been fortunate enough to play in a heavy narrative game that's lasted for years they go back and they go wow i can't believe how stressed out i was about the mechanics yeah. you know why, yeah. why was i so worried about mechanics when you know i've got this excellent narrative experience yeah. now under my belt and I think that's that's a challenge because I'm very fortunate in my play style. I'm very fortunate in my organizational skills, and I'm very fortunate in having amazing players at the table. So I don't know if you can replicate that. I don't know, you know, I don't know if you could try to replicate that. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah exactly. Yeah. Same. Yeah. You know, I find your answer, Sharon, very telling. In is it good? And it kind of supports, I think, what we're all saying, which is, <laughs> which is that this it seems, it seems almost more like song and dance to me. The whole D and D one thing seems a little more like song and dance, and I'm not completely bashing it, okay? Because I think so far, and I know it's very premature, but so far. I like what I see since my biggest thing was a critical hit roll. It rules, but they changed those. So they are listening to feedback. But my my point of contention with it is not necessarily that what they are doing is bad. It's just that there is so much more that could be done to improve the product and the experience. And it is all the stuff you just talked about. Give DMs more Tools. More tools. Uh, expand on how DMs can create and narrate and tell stories. Um, and monetize it in such a way that you're not being an obvious corporate gangster, yeah. but do yeah, it in don't a way. Like, yeah. If you do it digitally, it's two bucks. If you want to buy the really cool, slick, you know, 12 page gloss that we're going to send out to the stores, we'll sell it to you for six. You know, it's like, it's like you can monetize creativity as long yeah. as you're taking into consideration you know the, the the community that you're trying to monetize towards well and i think they're not i think to your point what they're doing is well, they're spelljammer proved that spelljammer well, i think they're taking some of the homebrew i mean there's so much good homebrew out there oh. and it's you know i mean mine is all of the stuff that i've created is fantastic <laughs> i'm joking um, no, but I think it's wow, Jason. Really? <laughs> I, no, I think it's no. All of the homebrew out there is really great, and I do, I do feel like, in terms of from a very from a fifty thousand foot view of what they're doing with the system, they're almost 
I think they're almost corralling it in a way more instead mm-hmm. of building and letting it be built upon with homebrew and stuff. I think they're going in the opposite direction from where people want the game to go. Yeah. Like how cool would it be if they released a book that was 20 pages that said, uh, how do you build your own spells? Yeah. Or how, that'd be fun. How, yeah. How to build. See, how the to problem, a, again, the problem, how, and I understand how to, how to become a tinkerer to play devil's to be, advocate. The problem with that is that is, that is what I, my example earlier where, you know, everything is evolving at once on its own kind of path, right. siloed. And then, you know, you look back and you're like, okay, well, now the system is so fucking convoluted because every, you know, spells and every class and, and combat and all this shit, everything, you know, it's got these obscure rules that are hidden. This one is here. This one is here. This one is here. So I, I get it. I understand what they're doing, but... I just, I don't know. I, I think it was 3.5 that finally kind of started toying with the idea of giving a much more kind of like structured pretty. way of helping people like evolve like professions and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how to build your own things and how to do your own things. Um, but they still hadn't really discovered or codified that DC system yet. So it was a lot harder to really integrate that into the 3.5, you know, concept. And fourth edition was such a tangent in a totally different direction that most of what came before fourth edition, they've gradually been trying to, you know, backpedal in fifth edition and bring it back mm-hmm. into the proper, you know, kind of utilization. But I mean, you know, it, it's you're always like, can you really ever make something truly normalized? when it relies on a framework of random number generators, you know, all you can really do is influence from top to bottom, but fundamentally the fun of the game, right. Is that you have this great plan and you roll a one, you Mm -hmm. have this horrible idea, you know, you're going to die, but you roll a natural 20. That's, you know, that's what pulls the players in. And when you start turning that emotion into minutia, People just are like, eh, it's fine. You got a good idea for some of it, but I'm just going to keep doing what I do. It's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. That's what really pulled me into D&D was like the narrative behind it all. Like that you're creating the world. You're creating the characters. You're getting to know things on a more narrative uh, level. I don't I don't think mechanically into the into the game. Mm-hmm. Like and I feel like what they're doing is sort of like a narrative aspect to like building your characters like it's not even really deep diving into fixing issues in the core of the game exactly I wanted, yeah. yeah yeah if all you wanted was, was mechanics then then play a first person yeah. shooter you know first it's I, I mean to your to your point jason about the dc the core dc system as being the beauty of this game as we're talking about this i kind of wanted I kind of want to see, like, here is the basic core rules. To use your example, 20 page. Here's how the game works. Everything is based on the DC system. And then we go out and expand from there. Not a linear right. path, but the DC system is at the center of the dartboard. And everything goes out. And then here are how classes and abilities work. 
Here are how spells work. Here's skill tree. Here's an advanced rules for skills. You know, like almost like everything is modular. Yeah. That can just be put on top of those rules depending on it's, your it's style of play. And because I thought that's the way they were going to go at first with their marketplace sales, like the, you know, you could pick and choose the digital pieces that you want to use and and buy. Well, that was that. no, that was D and D Beyond before the merger. Right, that's that what I'm saying. Nothing to do with Watsi. But I was hoping Watsi would take a hint and see the success of way the way that was working, and then realize, oh. You know, if, in they, this, you know, if they took this, a hint, they would be focusing all their effort on D&D Beyond and not fucking one d and I know. <laughs> I, that does baffle me. It's like writing a check for a Bentley's and you're still taking the bus. It's I weird. told you. It's, I, I'm not even a kinda... huge fan of the the lazy programming in D&D Beyond, but I am a huge fan of how easy it makes all the players able to play the foundation of that tool is fantastic it's unbelievable and that's yeah. why the more we discuss this the more i feel like one D D is this song and dance over to the mm -hmm. side saying you know oh look we're making the game better well are you really I, I bundling and unbundling yes you can still buy all that individual stuff but, but i was hoping that it would birth the whole idea of creating a lot of small content on a regular basis, yeah. like a 10-page release here, a 20-page release here. And all I got were digital dice I don't use and Spelljammer. <laughs> you know, it's like, as a reward for being like in our alpha group of D&D Beyond, we present you with a bucket of shit. You know, it's just like... I, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't need that. You know, so it's just weird. It's weird. It's like, you know, I just, I, I, I was really patient with D and D Beyond for two reasons. One, it is great how my players or our players um, enjoy the click aspect. Right, I can click on a spell and it's going to give me mm -hmm. a script. I can yeah. click on a plus three to my strength. It's going to roll a dice and add the plus three for me. I can click on my to hit or my damage and it sorts. A lot of the minutia out for me, so I can focus. Um, yeah, so I, I can, fucking oh hate Mira. the digital dice. Fucking hate Literally came into existence to punish Sharon in a previous life. And you know what is really funny? Is you know they say there's not unlucky dice; it's the roller. And we oh. all know this. You could have a whole night yeah. of fantastic dice rolling, or like my last session, a whole night of fucking ones. It yeah. transcends Ooh. physical and digital dice. Yeah, it does. <laughs> But like my main reason for hanging on with D&D Beyond has always been at some point I'm going to get my dashboard. At some point, I'm not going to have to constantly regurgitate <laughs> their stuff. Fuck you, it was Gary. It was the dice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fundamentally, I'm not going to have to regurgitate their stuff into another kind of, you know, uh, you know, another repository. And I can actually exist in one place. And have you know a fun experience and, and a clean experience, but they've just never done anything with a dashboard. And it's like any any basic UX UI person is going to tell you the after you solve your menus, you want to build a dashboard. Yeah, that's the yeah. way we all think. Yep. If I, you know, it's like it's like our phones. You're preaching you know, to the choir, phone, my friend. You know, our phones are designed the way they are because they're user friendly, and they all rely on dashboard systems. And it's like. I'm not trying to bash what they've built. I'm just bashing the fact 
they don't seem to have a roadmap that makes any sense. Like there's no bingo. Even when I even when I get the reports mm. and the the emails and the form posts about, hey, you want to hear about what D and D Beyond is up to? I read a couple of those and I'm like, cool, another set of dice are coming. That's that's mm -hmm. awesome. That sounds yes. great. Yeah. Can I use that 100%. for my? Can I, can I use that for my personalized dashboard? I agree with you a hundred percent. Very telling, and as you know, on top of Sharon's response about what do you think of one? It's funny at the beginning of this conversation, and we'll wrap it up here in a few minutes. But at the beginning of this conversation, you I guys was, were so optimistic. Well, I was mostly I was <laughs> Jason like, turned me into a fucking yeah. mother. No, no, because I think this is an interesting way to evaluate a journey when you start a subject, right? I was actually disheartened by D, D you know the one DD second release material because it just didn't feel like all that much for me and it didn't seem all that interesting but listening to sharon summarize it and from your perspective i'm not as bad on it anymore and i think what really shifted you more towards being a little kind of wonky on it bry is that when you started re like reflecting on the surveys and then beginning to realize yeah. this just yeah. isn't your demographic that they're yeah. catering to you're beginning to go Oh well, this is actually just a really easy way of cleaning up what they've already done, yeah. and they're they're building you know a lid for their cup of coffee to say, oh, here's your perfect cup of coffee. That's that oh, is really funny how the dynamic of this conversation has gone, and how both yours and my opinions change. You're right. I think in a vacuum, if I look at what they're doing, I'm I'm more optimistic about it. I think it's a great thing, but. In regard to the deeper conversation, it's yeah. I well, and then you had so to drag. Then we not you, but we dragged D and D Beyond into it, which then adds yeah. another layer of oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, they did buy D and D Beyond, and this is what we got. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Now I'm wondering is 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 the new play material just one giant survey? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, your point of like their roadmap, I wish I knew what yeah, their so cool corporate roadmap like. was, because it just mm -hmm. seems like, you know, this one D&D thing, it's just fucking, it's not even low hanging fruit. It's, it's rotted fruit that's already fallen to the ground, basically. Well, it's low hanging fruit is, is fleshing out D&D &D beyond to your point. Well, <laughs> interesting because one of the things I was noticing on here, um, and I saw this earlier and I meant to like slice it out and put it somewhere in my notes because this comes up a lot. So there's a blurb about creature type, right? That's been an ongoing back and forth for a while now because the way spells interpret creature type, this is a good example of a, of a good way of pulling in this conversation. Uh, creature type, all creatures in D and D, including every player character has has a special tag in the rules that identify the type of creature they are. Most player characters are of the humanoid type. Here's a list of the game's creeper creature type in alphabetical order. So aberration, beast, celestial, construct, dragon, elemental, fey, fiend, giant, humanoid, monstrosity, ooze, plant, or undead. So... They know this is a concern, right? Um, these types don't have rules themselves, but some rules in the game affect creatures of certain types in different ways. Uh, for example, the description of the Cure Wound spell specifies the healing doesn't work on constructs. 
So mm. one of the things that comes up on a regular bet, well, I shouldn't say on a regular basis, but when you hit tier three, tier four gaming within the D&D community, they start using spells like Dominate Monster. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of creature referencing in that description. And if you don't know what a creature is, and then you begin to realize Dominate Monster can, can dominate any targeted creature, right? So the way a spell is written to a certain vernacular, and then you get a nice, clean, clarified state like this, you can turn creature type into a two-page, like, expansion. Because then there's no guesswork behind it. Exactly. And and that's where the customized dashboard helps. Because if I can tag two-page or three-page addendums to my custom dashboard... Then when I have identified a table of players that dominate the question and answer syndrome around 20 things, I have everything referenced and ready to go. It's all point and click and I can answer their questions without slowing down the game. Right. You know, that's the continuity factor. That's what the narrative style is supposed to bring you is this really like all my combat encounters with the exception of like a major boss, but on average bear, what hour and a half, two hours, if, you know, that way you can still have a fun combat, have the after action of the combat, you know, roll the bodies, you know, do all the things you love to do after real fun combat. Wait, roll Calista the bodies. That, I know. Calista uses that term. Loop oh, my body. God. Wow. <laughs> like Calista I'm going to roll this for, dead motherfucker for his you know, Calista will lean on the table and look right at me. I'm going to roll the bodies. I'm going to roll this oh, bitch. Yeah. And like, I'm hearing everybody watch the Jeffrey Dahmer show. So like, that just makes it even more worse. Yeah. Oh my God. I started yeah. watching that. No. <laughs> I, I, Jason, I, I, again, okay. I agree with you a hundred percent, but to play devil's advocate from a corporate mm. standpoint or a production yeah. standpoint. Yeah. That just, you know, those 20 page addendums, you end up then with a you know a steamer trunk crammed with <laughs> with sheets of paper spilling out of the of the well, seams. You know what I'm saying? That's it, how you get to a system coalition. that's so convoluted. It's a very loose coalition of ideas. Ideally, what I'd love to see is that you have a dashboard. You go capture the pages from your source material that you've already digitally paid for, and then you build your own addendum. That's mostly what I'm going for. Um, right, I, I but what? But again, to play devil's advocate, what happens when they need to publish a book? That's How do they separate. Do that? That's mostly me just thinking in terms of a monetized theory that's probably defunct because most people don't read books anymore. Most people read their phone, they read a tablet, or you know they watch. Or you know, as my uh, you know, as people used to tell me, uh, or as Bart Simpson, uh, Bart Simpson said. Let me read my stories on TV. You know, it's just, you know, it's it's just that the, the culture of consuming information has shifted. It's changed. And I get it. They have a very difficult time now of we can either try to print a book that's going to cost us eight bucks and sell it for nine. Or we could spend the money on a really cool dashboard and help everyone build what they want. Yeah, you elected me to lead, not read. Yeah, oh you my can God, build totally. your own compendium. So, so yeah. the seventy to hundred pounds of shit that I that I schlepped that's over to all? Andrews. That's all. 
Fuck you. 70 or 100 pounds? <laughs> Let me that take did not, back to 1989. That did not include one book. With 80 million books and modules. And no, that did not. All that gear did not include one single book. Everything I did was digital. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Did you take a TV? Is that why? No, it was 50 pounds of Dwarven Forge. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. That was Ooh, you brought Dwarven Forge. Oh, I that's did, cool. and I'm not joking when I say 50 or 60 pounds. They worth. are the Tupperware of terrain. Yeah, you know, I still have a love-hate relationship with them with how fucking expensive it is, and they're goddamn trying to keep stuff in stock. <laughs> but just nothing works as simple as it. There's so far nothing to me compares well, five to five year old fingers don't just grow on trees, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, I laughed at that. <laughs> that thank thank you, sir. Joke. <laughs> that was great, Cher. <laughs> she, she's looking at me like, all right, the moral fiber in Jason's game <laughs> really play out in my real life. <laughs> It is, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, you know, so I think the of... moral of the story is, yes, one D and D, not necessarily a bad thing, but a major uh, misuse of of resources at this point in time. I think so. I think so. I think they're not taking lot... full advantage. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think they have a lot of better things to work on. I think this is yeah. premature. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessary. I think there's a, a huge digital community to embrace first. Yep. There's a huge social community to embrace first. I think there's a lot more creativity out there that you can deal with before you start this giant marketing juggernaut that's probably really not going to change much. You know? Yeah. This was a great talk. This was it good. was, I and I think that what you just said pretty much sums it up. So we should probably just Rollies. end on a high note. Holy, yeah. thank you, oh, chat. Rollies. You guys were really funny tonight. Yeah, uh, thank you as always for joining us. Thank you, Jordan and Andrew, for joining hey, us. Adel and Ogren, always good to see you. Gonna roll with my uh, and Gary. Thanks for popping in. I know you're watching the football game, but uh, hey, all right, Adel, are we rolling? Is football is still a thing. Oh, a 19. Oh, I got a 17. I got a three. A three? I got a three. I'll go to By the way, a three. Our, that's going to be your voice for the next campaign, right, Cher? <laughs> I got a three. My demand has been placed. Well, all I got was a three, sir. Good, sir. <laughs> Reminds me of the I Peanuts Halloween, the Charlie Brown Halloween special. I got a, I got a Snickers. I got a Reese's Pieces. I got a, I got a candied apple. I got a rock. <laughs> I've only got three copper. <laughs> all right, Brian, all right. take it away. All right. Well, as as always, uh, thank you all for joining us. Um, love that chat is growing and you you guys the interacting with you guys is always just fantastic there's a so lot fun. of really good conversation and feedback so thank you thank you guys all uh don't forget to check out uh crazy cultists the link is in the chat um sharon where can we find you both uh both literally and Figuratively. And and yeah, existentially. 
You can find me in the cybernet over at BarryBot on Instagram. And you could also catch me on Saturdays at the DD Club's Twitch channel for the Graying Lands campaign, where I play a very awesome druid Kalistar named Mayra. Come check us out. We are on live 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, I got that time right <laughs> jason where can we find you uh you can find me over at ttrpg academy over in the twitch central that is the hub of all things twitchy um you can also uh find all my socials there i'm in the twitter stands the uh the instagram stands and i'm in the Linktree stands so uh come on over there and uh you know if you want to just chat with me in our discord we've got a great discord of like almost 400 people that regularly try to talk when they can. And it's, it's not one of those discords where you get punished for not talking. Uh, you talk at your own pace and, you know, interact at your own pace. Uh, we have a lot of games there that you can actually sit in on or even participate on if you choose to. So hey. thanks everybody. Awesome. Cool. And as always, you can find me at uh, RPG and co on Instagram, probably the best place to get a hold of me, but uh, check out Linktree, same RPG and co.com. A um, lot of things in the works. I finally got that intro screen up. Amazing. Um, but uh, we have a lot whoa, 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 of stuff. Don't go anywhere. Wait, 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 wait. Before we say goodnight. Before we say goodnight, folks, please. Got to see this. This is so cool. That's just the Thank coolest you. thing. I Thank you so that. much. I, you I know, I rarely, cool. in my day-to-day, I rarely ever get to do uh, uh, video work, and I just mm. love doing it. So I it's cracked fun. open Premiere. Yeah, I cracked fun. open Premiere and figured it yeah. out some fun today. So it's thank fun. you. All right, everybody. Um, take us away, Also, uh, also um, before I forget, Sharon <laughs> has secured an awesome guest for us. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, he is a terrain maker from Italy. Um, so we are going to record that uh, in October. Bella, bella. <laughs> We're going to record that in October. Um, because of the time difference, we cannot do it as a live stream, obviously, because he'd be up at like 3 a.m. So we're going to pre-record that, but it will be up on VOD. Um, and we will uh, alert you uh, as to that. So Sharon, thank you for setting that up. I'm super stoked for uh very excited um otherwise um be kind play games and uh till next thursday bye everyone